make sure to stay after for some interesting content. Okay, it's not really interesting, but stay after. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's Your Story? Today's episode is called Love Shmove. <laughs> I feel like a genius that I thought of that. Anywho, so today's episode is about love and where did I go wrong in it? Because other than my family, I don't got none right now. So like we do, we're going to overanalyze this situation and see if we can get to the bottom of this immediately. So in order to do that, let's start from the beginning, shall we? When I was about 12 years old, I had this BS little boyfriend, right? Like everybody does in the very beginning. It was very funny because it was very Romeo and Juliet. Like we weren't supposed to date. So I mean, a 12 year old, nobody should be dating. (laughs) But nonetheless, we weren't public because if we had gone public, I would have gotten in trouble. I come from a very strict household in that there were no boyfriends at that young age like anybody, but it was very much a situation that there was no, absolutely not, like, you would get beat if they found out you were holding hands with some young boy. We had little baggers cups, and that's where the customer would leave the tip after we bagged, because I met him at the supermarket that I used to work at, this infamous supermarket. And the customer would leave the tip, and in that cup, he would leave me little notes, and he would constantly tell me what he didn't like about me. Like, he'd be like, you're laughing too hard. You need to stop. What's so funny? Why did you wear that today? And of course, me, I was like, uh, you sure do have a lot of problems with me, buddy. But instead of seeing that, I just tried to fix it because I thought that's what you did. I went to Dominican Republic. And then when I came back, I come to find out he cheated on me. I was like, what is going on here? How, like, How dare you? (laughs) Anywho, as if not to add insult to injury, I ended up getting fired from that job because I had hooked somebody up, but the stupid kid told everybody that I did it, which hopefully that person isn't listening. (laughs) And I get fired and he cheats on me. And then we end up breaking up. It was just a really tough time for a 13 year old. The next boy... I was in love with this man. Now, he also worked at the supermarket, so this was obviously before I got fired. But I was in love with him. Whatever he wore, didn't wear, I wanted to wear it. Whatever he had, I wanted. Like, this man, I wanted everything with him. And he always poked fun of me. I don't know why. But he was always, always finding a way to make fun of me. Like, he knew that I liked him, so he would use that against me. And he'd be like, do you want to go to lunch together? And I'm like, um, okay. And he's like, too bad because I don't want to go with you. Like, who says that? This man did. Anyway, come to find out that the guy loved my sister. So good. So moving right along because I have this amazing track record so far. There was this person that I had met who was far older than I was. So we're talking seven years older than me. And I was only 14 at the time. And we wrote letters to each other. And I find out that the guy has a girlfriend. And I'm like, whoa. So to me, thinking back on it, it wasn't a good scenario anyway. But for the sake of the story, I'm going to carry about. But something to keep in mind in the Hispanic culture, and it's not that I agree with this. Please don't get me wrong. But in the Hispanic culture, it's a very usual thing to see an older guy with a younger girl. 
So at 14, I was already kind of edging on the close of being old. That wasn't really stopping anybody. But anyway, he had a girlfriend, which means that we couldn't be public. So now this is two people that I can't be public with. Supposedly, he was going to leave her for me. He never did come to find out he ended up having a kid with her. So that's always good. Uh, When I moved to where I live now, there was this kid. The moment I laid eyes on him, I fell in love with him. This was sixth grade. And he was so adorable. He was like a good foot shorter than I was. And just the cutest thing. I would sit behind him in lunch, but I would never say anything to him because I was always so scared. I never said anything to this day, actually. And then this other guy in eighth grade, I wrote him a love note and I left it in his locker. (laughs) But I never told him it was me. Oh, because again, I was afraid that he would be like, ugh. Marisol, gross. I don't want anything to do with her. Because now let me paint the picture. I wasn't the best looking person out there at my age in my eyes. My hair was like weird and awkward. I was overweight at the time for my age and height, supposedly. I just wasn't coming into my own the way everybody else in my family had. So it was just not an attractive situation for my confidence. So I never told him anything. God, no. Oof. So now let's fast forward. I get into high school. This guy that I became really good friends with through another friend, we were honestly like best friends. We would write notes to each other in the hallways. If we had any time between classes, we would spend it together. And I thought like, wow, this is great. The first thing that he told me when we were talking was, but what's good with your sister though? So again, after my sister. So I'm like, man, I guess if I don't look like her, because I'm not going to get anybody. So that kind of became my normal, that I was too afraid to tell anybody that I liked them, so I was going to be alone. And then when somebody did approach me, it was usually after my sister. So I was like, is this what is this what dating is? And then, of course, when you have a really good friend that you treat each other like husband and wife, nothing ever comes of it, which it's kind of like stupid that nothing happens because who knows, right? But anyway... Still in high school, but a little bit older, I met this guy. And let me tell you, it was a very toxic situation because he had a girlfriend, because this seems to be my thing. He didn't break up with her and he wasn't gonna, but he would always tell me like, I called you yesterday. Why didn't you answer? And I'd be like, oh, you know, I was asleep. I didn't even hear the phone ring. And he would say, well, I broke up with my girlfriend and I called you, but you didn't answer. So I got back with her. I would feel bad that I didn't answer, like I missed my chance. And that shouldn't be that way. And then he would always use this reverse psychology on me, like, do you not like me? Oh, so that's that's it? All right, so I'm breaking up with you. And I'd be like, I didn't even know we were dating. No, like, wait. And he'd be like, nah, it's too late. We're broken up. And I'm like, "What? what is happening? Once he and I met up long afterwards, he made this comment to me because He tried to approach me, but I had already had a boyfriend at the time. And he was like, so you have a man now? You couldn't even wait? And I'm like, what did you expect from me? You never waited for me. And he was like, what do I look like waiting for you? And I was like, exactly what I looked like waiting for you. And he was like, nah, I'm not doing that. So it kind of makes me happy that I didn't wait for him. Anywho, don't worry, I'm landing this plane at some point. So my first taste at adult dating, this guy had a baby mama. And he always had problems. I mean, this guy was full of issues. One day he came to pick me up on a motorcycle 
and he was drunk, but I didn't know that because he had a helmet on. That was fun. You cannot imagine what it feels like going 95 down the highway when it's like one in the morning. It's just too late to be going that fast. Again, he had a baby mama, which isn't an issue, but that meant I wasn't first. I was always going to be second. That baby mama one day called my cell phone and she was like, you need to stop calling me. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I don't know who this is. And she was like, you're so-and-so. And I was like, no, I'm Marisol. And she was like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but there's so-and-so that keeps calling my phone. And I was like, oh my God, this man is cheating on me. So wouldn't you know it. Then I met her up at Pizza Hut afterwards and she was like, girl, we gotta, we gotta hang out. So we ended up becoming loose friends. But anyway, uh, my first real relationship, it was a bit of a tough situation because I didn't want to be home. So I slept at his house for a while until I got my own apartment, which I did. But instead of staying there and becoming an adult and living my best life, which she was a great roommate, I was like, oh, this is stupid. I'm already paying rent. Why would we pay two rents? Let me just move in with you. It was more like taking advantage of a situation because it's not essentially what I wanted, but I was too afraid to actually live. So I was just like, okay, yeah, sure. That makes sense. I didn't save anything. So that was good. He had a drinking problem. So realistically, it's sort of like his problems became mine. Not a good time. After that, I just started on this road of like these weird one-stop shop type boyfriends, guys, friends, boys that were friends, sort of. It never improved. Like once I worked in the restaurant, I had this crush. I didn't even approach him. My sister had to approach him for me because I was too afraid to even give the man my number, which I could have been slick about it and had been like, hey, you know, if you ever need anything or if you know, you're ever hiring people, take my number. No, I was just too afraid because when you like somebody and you want to give them your number, it's a very different feeling than when you just give somebody your number for business reasons. That doesn't really matter. You just give it and that's it. It's like this guy at a bar that I met and I thought he was gay as he thought I was a lesbian. I flirted with him because I thought he was gay. You don't go to a taco stand to buy cannolis. Had I known he was straight, I never ever would have mustered up the courage to flirt with him. So that's just sort of the person that I am. So I, my sister had to give him my number. And one day I saw this video on Facebook and it was like, warning may cause you to lose your job. And I was like, oh, let's see what this nonsense is. Well, I watched the video and it was a very inspirational video. And turns out I actually did end up quitting my job and it pushed me on this whole path of finding myself, which is what sort of has led me here as well. But I sent him a message and it read, (laughs) in an effort to live my life without regrets, I just want to let you know that I like you. I don't just like you. I like you like you, right? Because that's the tall tale sign. (laughs) If it's one like, well, you sort of like them. But if it's two likes, you like them like them. That's like, you know, real deal. He didn't answer me. It wasn't until a few days later that he was like, hey, and I was like, hey, I declare my love and all I get is, hey, and he's like, I'm sorry. I just didn't know what to say because I don't feel the same way. Oh my Lord. Literally that could have said exactly those words instead of letting me think that I screwed the pooch. And that guy was like a friends with benefits situation. So again, I wasn't a priority. And then we come upon, still the plane is is driving, I promise. We're getting somewhere soon. 
I get into this relationship that I thought was the real deal, but I was imagining something that wasn't actually there. We were both in a really bad place. I had gotten out of my previous relationship. I really didn't spend any time healing or or being alone, figuring out what it was that I wanted. I don't know if you guys remember the Netflix DVD guy, <laughs> but that was a relationship I broke up from. I just jumped right into this one like six months later, and I hadn't been single very long before I hopped into that bed. So was I ever really alone? No, not at all. Did I know who I was or what I wanted? No, again, not at all. I wanted a relationship. I yearned for a connection and I forced it there. And he as well had a drinking problem. So I'm just batting a hundred with these guys. And again, his problems became mine. I had one guy that straight ghosted me. That was really fun. We were supposed to move to California together, left me dressed and waiting for a quinceanera we were supposed to go to. And the man never showed. I was dressed. I had my pedicure. I was like, hey, are you coming by still? And never got back in touch with me. Then like three years later, I was like viewing my stories on Snapchat. And I was like, what are you doing? Like you ghost me, you walk away. And this, what is, what is going on? He was like, I mean, you weren't broken up with your man. So really you needed to handle yourself. And I was like, oh my Lord, really? He gave me this real loose, cheap apology, but the damage was already done. Like that damage was way more than anything I could have, than anything I even needed. So then I meet this other guy, sweetheart, one of the nicest people to me ever, but he has a girlfriend and he uses the idea of, uh, there's this term in Spanish. It's ojos que no ven, corazón que no siente, eyes that don't see, heart that doesn't feel. I can't, I can't live my life that way. I cannot live my life with the idea that, well, if I don't see it happening, then it's not happening. That's too much uncertainty. And he's the type of person that needs sex first. And then the conversation can come afterwards and the holding and the snuggling and all that stuff. Again, he's like a sweetheart and all, but I don't need that. So now my final relationship I thought was perfect. I mean, after all the nonsense that I had been through, and this is what I have written down. Let's not talk about what I didn't mention because then I really wouldn't be landing this plane. This guy I thought was everything. The most perfect person I'd ever met. I would have put my hand in the fire for this man and it said, no, he's perfect. And I would have said, I would have put my hand in the fire for this man and would have said, nope, he's perfect. I never saw us breaking up. But in the very beginning, I would say, well, let's see what's going to break us up. I, I wonder what it's going to be. Or man, when is that damn shoe going to drop? I wish it would drop already so that I wouldn't be too hurt. We end up moving in together and the whole bit and it was amazing. And then one day out of the blue, he tells me, I can't do this with you anymore. I need space. Turns out he just didn't want to do with me at all. So when were you going to tell me? So realistically, and if he's listening, oops, but he was being a coward. Because at the end of the day, if you can't tell somebody straight up, hey, this is what's going on. Yeah, you're going to hurt them. Absolutely. But it's going to be worse if they think that everything is perfect and out of the blue, their world is being shattered versus knowing that there are problems. And if the end comes, well, then you're like, okay, I mean, this is not what we want, but it, it's what has to happen. That's not worse. And then he, he, was, he was my perfect relationship in that it was everything that I wanted but he sacrificed himself to give it to me. But then in the end, we didn't stay together. So it's like, I wasn't even worth it for him, which in turn makes me think, am I worth it for anyone? 
And I know that's not the way to think, but I thought, you know, I was being put first because I was worth it, but he put me first because that's his nature. That's just who he is. So what did I learn from everybody? The first guy. We were in public, so I'm used to not being made a priority. Constantly tell me what he didn't like about me. So it's okay to be someone that doesn't actually care about you. Cheated on me? All those things are normal. Next guy? Always made fun of me? Why are you mean to me if I love you? Like my sister? Well, I wasn't good enough for the person that I loved. Next guy? Wasn't a priority. Wasn't good enough to demand anything from a relationship because I wasn't worth it because he never broke up with his girlfriend. Me not saying anything? Fear of rejection. Next dude. We were like best friends, but not enough to like me. But he had ulterior motives, so does everybody? Because his ulterior motive was that he wanted to get with my sister. So then that whole bit of liking my sister, if I don't look like her, I will never get a date then? Because the guys that liked her were cute. It's not like they were ugly. And then with that came to the realization, what's wrong with me? Because being me isn't working. Next guy had his girlfriend. So that was the norm. Dating guys with girlfriends. First taste of reverse psychology, and I hated every last second of that. And then having a baby mama meant I was always going to be second. Again, never becoming a priority. Having their problems become mine is that I had to play the role of a problem solver. I just, here's the thing. I love love. I love everything that has to do with love, which is probably why this podcast is a little longer than normal. But I love everything that has to do with love because it has such amazing powers. It will bring people together. It will tear them apart. It will, it will make you do things you've never done before. It will bring out some of the greatest things about you and some of the ugliest. It will change lives. Ugh, love is like the greatest thing that ever exists. So do I still believe in love? I mean, I'm alone right now, right? And it gives me time. So what did I learn? I may just have to try women because this isn't working out. <laughs> Is there such a thing as too many? Because if you like beer and you like Coronas and now you start venturing, but essentially what you want to do is find the idea or something similar to Corona because that's your liking. Can you taste too many beers to the point where you eventually forget Corona or you say to yourself, Corona sucks. And then it's like, I don't know where I'll end up because it's 33 too old. No, of course not. 33 isn't too old. It's only 10 years older than 23, right? That's good math. So like 33 and alone is nerve wracking sometimes because of this whole idea that society has put on. We're like torn between, is it too old or no, you still have time. In the Hispanic culture, 33 is ancient. So it's like I get stuck between, you know, I need to find somebody and nope. When I'm good and ready, I'll find them, which is usually what I think. How do I give myself my place without being alone? How do I stand up for what I want without losing literally everybody that comes into my path? But then one would say that shouldn't matter because whoever's meant to be will stay. I don't know. Do I even still believe in love? Yes, absolutely. It's not even a real question. I know it's worth waiting for the perfect person as long as you have something to entertain yourself while you grow and wait, right? That sounds terrible. Nobody should be getting full on bread while they wait for their main course. <laughs> Just don't do that. You know, and it goes to the whole, do you believe people are taking out of your life for the perfect person to come along? But like, why so much heartache to get there? I sometimes wonder about those people that get married at like 16, 17 and celebrate 80 years of marriage 
70 years of marriage. When I worked at the restaurant, there was a couple that were celebrating 75 years of marriage. For Pete's sake, I can't even get one year of dating in the door. Can't even imagine getting 75 years worth. And it's like, at what point does enjoying your life and being naive cross? Like, how do you know when to draw the line? Do you say to yourself, no, I'll I'll just text them one more time because I want to hear from them. Or is it I'm stalking them? It's obvious they don't want to hear from me because they're busy or because they're busy. That's why they don't answer. But they really do want to hear from us. But it's like, I can't always be the one to text you first, which means don't you like me? But then they probably don't. But then they do if they text you back, but they're like, I'm busy. But then you say to yourself, too busy? So then it just becomes a vicious cycle of, of who, who texts first. And yeah, yeah, I'm overthinking this. Of course I am. You'd be stupid not to think that I wasn't. But I don't know how to think any other way. Because let's face it, that's all I ever do is overthink. First of all, I'm a Virgo. And we like things to be perfect, apparently. And second of all, I, you, this, yeah, you decipher that. So my evolution of love is all over the place. At first, I used to think it was serenades and flowers and love letters. And then that went in the toilet because the person who did it never left his girlfriend. And God forbid anybody serenades nowadays. It's like it's so outdated and ancient. And let's not even talk about having a date nowadays. Like, swipe left, I can't anymore. <laughs> And I feel like I want to be, I want to get somebody on my own merit, but sometimes it's hard because you're like, hello, where are you? It goes to the whole culture of men pull out the women or men approach the women. That's long gone. Now women do just as much. And some men are even waiting for the women to come up to them because it's very much a thing that's allowed in society now, which means that I need to get over this stupid, irrational fear of being rejected because if I don't go out there, What am I going to do? I'm going to own a million cats and they're all going to be mute because I have to produce at the end of the day and I can't have them making noise in the background. So I'm going to have 30 mute cats roaming my house and I'll never know when they're missing because they don't meow. (sighs) Anyway, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Oh, but no. Okay. So what I do know is that I still love love. I still love it. I love love because it doesn't matter. It's worth all the heartache when you do find the person that really truly cares about you. And when that person comes along, man, you get those butterflies in your stomach and that smile on your face and you hear that phone go off and you get nervous and you make plans and you ditch all your friends and you ditch your family just to be with this person for one minute. And I feel like if you both feel that way and you make it a priority to always feel that way, And you keep in the forefront each other's happiness. Because if you're sacrificing yourself to make that person happy, they're sacrificing themselves to make you happy. So you should never sacrifice with the idea of, okay, but what am I getting out of it? No way. It's really a moment of, I want to make you happy. I want to make you happy. So by making you happy makes me happy and vice versa. Maybe sacrifice is a poor word, but (laughs) I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. But if you put in the forefront the effort to make that person happy, if I've learned anything, it's that communication is key in any relationship that you have. It doesn't matter if it's with your boss, the mailman, the ice cream person at your local Carvel, the 7-Eleven guy, none of that matters as long as there's communication. Once that is well established, your relationships can last forever. And I think that that's the one ingredient that's been missing 
in every relationship that I've ever had is communication. Because I can definitely tell you that I was like, I don't feel like talking to you. I'm not going to do this. And then when I was like, please talk to me, it was like, no, I'm fine. Uh, we'll get there. You and I together, we'll get there. I promise. But for now, <laughs> we just have to keep combing that haystack. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, please make sure to leave a comment. Anything would be much appreciated. But if you didn't like it, also leave a comment because, you know, I need those. <laughs> I need how to make this better for us. But thank you so much for listening and you have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. I look for you to just say hi, to recognize my very existence in front of you, living to get by. A wink, a smile, a lick of the lip, even the smallest sign. I'm right in front of you the entire time. Meet me at my eyes. I set a date in my mind to get to know each other. Will you meet me there? Right on time for our destiny to intertwine? I sit and wait to hope you will show. Perhaps this chance is mine. Traffic alarms, busy with some other. Dare I tell you my desires? but you never show. Last time's the last. I mustn't stay a while. For I must go ponder life. When did I become a slave to all my yeses? Through all the sadness I cannot say it was not worth my while. Because I know you thought of me, at least for a sigh. As good to me love has not been in my heart. I cannot bring more guests in. So I roam alone and search for myself in your silent words. Goodbye.